yeah, there was going to be faceless just just showing abs. Nope. Yeah, the just whole like thing. a chest and abs, and I would have been like, that's a little tough. Like, but I bet I could still do a lot of them. Like, really do them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I'm gl- I'm glad that you started recording just as I went into that sentence. That makes me feel good. <laughs> Hello and hey there! Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast, a show where we rank and discuss any list you can imagine. Best microwave dinner, top gaming console, best underwear brand, nothing is off limits. Everyone is wrong, even when they think they are right. I'm your host, Tom Lockhart, and with me as always is... Eric Shane. Hey Tom, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I turned 37 years old tomorrow. 37 years old tomorrow. Happy early birthday, Tom. Uh, Yeah, I'm getting older. I took a nap right before the podcast. That is how old I am getting. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Did you have any major events happen? Uh, Well, I recently graduated uh, college after uh, several several thousand years (laughs) of doing it little by little. Wrong turn by wrong turn. I finally found my way to the end. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter yeah. how long it takes you. That's no. just as long as you get that piece of paper at the end. Sure. I, I <laughs> flew down to uh, flew down to Arizona where it was 97 degrees and blue skies and hot desert wind blowing in. How was the weather here this weekend, Tom? Um, Rain and cold and okay. overcast. So basically eight months of the year here so got it you know that's just what we do so the exact opposite okay so Uh, pretty much what i expected okay yeah uh and we got somebody else who's gonna have a birthday very soon oh yeah who's that yeah zach Uh rancourt yeah birthday time uh yeah happy early birthday tom and eric i actually didn't even know you were graduating i saw that you were down there but congratulations thank you brother appreciate it that is uh that's awesome it's not a it's not a sprint it's a marathon so just keep yeah, that in that's, mind. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, to, to answer your question about the weather, it sucked. It was terrible here. <laughs> that's yeah. another way to describe it. That's a good way, too. <laughs> it was I'm, I'm, terrible. I'm being, I'm being coy. I know it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, guys. Well, Seattle weather, there's no opinion about it. It's just crappy. <laughs> but there are a few different types of opinions out there. There's opinions that are just facts. You know, like the Seattle Mariners are never going to make the playoffs again. It's just not going to happen. How dare you? Uh, Or Con Air is the greatest movie ever. Everyone knows that. Right. You don't have to debate at all. Mm -hmm. And then we have things that we're kind of going back on, back and forth on. And we got, you know, is Avatar a good movie? Eh. Is the earth flat? No one knows. It could go 50-50 on Ah, it. ah, ah, ah. (laughs) I'm getting mad already. I know. And then there's the opinions that you know you're on the unpopular side, but you stick with it because you think you are right and everyone else in the world is a big dummy. So today we are doing the top five unpopular opinions. These would be our personal unpopular opinions. Opinions, which is going to get real fun. Uh, to enhance discussion, we didn't share our lists with each other, and by no means are we experts or historians in said category. We're just a few dudes who like to talk about nonsense. So I am going to start us off here with kind of a, I think it's an unpopular opinion, but uh, I had this epiphany on Friday because I went to the Mariners game, where of course they lost. 
And after the game, we exited and our friend Shane was like, I want to get a hot dog. And I said, yes, that's a great idea. And we went over and we got our hot dogs and I bit into that thing. And that's when I realized hot dogs are better than hamburgers. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Because they just are. Okay. Well argued. <laughs> now let's talk about all the reasons you're an idiot. No, that's, go ahead. No. Go ahead. Hot dogs win every time. If you take like a plain just burger and a plain hot dog, the hot dog's better. I think what makes burgers good is the things that go on top of the burger. You could say the same thing about a hot dog. No, no, no. I'm saying a plain hot dog is way better than a plain burger. No, that's disgusting. That is not disgusting. I'd rather have for days. Like I'd rather have a good piece of beef as opposed to a piece of 13 different types of meat ah, melded into one. <laughs> you just said, I'd rather have a good piece of beef. You can get a good hot dog also. Sure. Everyone always thinks it's just, oh, you throw a, a boot, a pigeon, and whatever together, like in the Simpsons episode. The Simpsons, when yeah. Connect, yeah, it, where that's a hot dog. You can get good hot dogs. Like, you can also get bad burger meat. Like, it goes both ways. Um. But yeah, I realized I just don't have options to get a hot dog as much as you can get a burger. Burgers on menus, even at like fine dining restaurants, they'll have a burger on the menu. But why don't they have a hot dog on the menu? Like, it just boggles my mind now that I think about it. Like, there are so few places that actually have a hot dog. And it's why I don't think about it is because I I see them at ball games. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the end of my list. Like you see them. Oh, for 4th of July. Those are the, like the two times that a hot dog seems to be within grasp. Right. And the reason for that is burgers are better than hot dogs. That's no. why burgers are everywhere and hot dogs aren't. I think that burgers had better PR. It's kind of like McDonald's. They had better PR when they started. They got big. That doesn't mean McDonald's is better than other burger places. They just had better PR at the beginning. I see. So I every, don't every, everyone thinks of the hot dog as as the dirty meat. The dirty <laughs> they just needed bet they just needed better PR at the beginning. So I kind of want to piggyback on that because that's actually jumps into like my selection, which is interesting that you said that. So I was also at the game on Friday and you didn't message wow. me, so jerk. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> one there was one time in my life that I was incredibly inebriated and I was leaving the game and I was with my old roommate. We stopped at one of the sausage stands outside and we got a Seattle dog and I promptly vomited later after that. (laughs) Um, So I think and not not because the alcohol, I just do not like Seattle dogs. And for anybody who doesn't know what a Seattle dog is, it has cream cheese on it. It's just a regular hot dog and they add whatever fixings you want, but they smear cream cheese on it. It is disgusting. I think it's so gross and everyone here loves a Seattle dog. Yeah, I don't know. Do. I don't know what it is. I don't know what people's obsession with with cream cheese is, but I just don't like it. It's it's disgusting. And I almost said I don't like hot dogs. And the only reason I was thinking that was because I don't like the cheap hot dogs that you get that when you burp, it tastes like hot dog. And that's pretty much every hot dog. So <laughs> I completely disagree with you, Tom, that hot dogs are better than hamburgers. I would take a hamburger over a, a hot dog any day of the week, and I would never have a Seattle dog. If you were to buy me a Seattle dog for my birthday, I would throw it right back in your face. If I was in it's... an elevator with a gun and a bullet, <laughs> or two bullets, 
and a hot dog and a hamburger, I'd shoot the hot dog twice. Yeah. <laughs> if Hitler, Bin Laden, and a and a hot dog were there, I would shoot the hot dog twice. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm not. I'm just. I'm I not a fan. I love hot dogs. I I, I love them. Uh, they're just. I, yeah, they're look. The the potential for making a mess is also. I think we have to factor that in to the conversation, right? Because you're basically you're just eating this circular meat that doesn't leave a whole lot of room on the bun. There, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. But do you I, like do you like the special hot dogs with all the crazy shit on them though? Honestly, no, no, I don't. Give me mustard, give me relish, give me ketchup, and that's all I need. And that, that that's it. I'm good. I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. I have realized that I will have any type of hot dog, whether I have lots of stuff, dog. little stuff, uh, like whatever. And by the way, I do actually do the cream cheese even at home when I make hot that's dogs. That's disgusting. You like, are a I, gross individual. I, I love oh cream cheese. It's just so delicious and creamy. I especially like cheesy. it when it's served in a dumpster. <laughs> that's disgusting. Oh, that's the best. Ugh. Dumpster dogs. Oh, so good. Okay. I'd rather right. eat a burnt hot dog than have cream cheese on my hot dog. <laughs> I can't I can't talk too much shit about it because I've never had it before, so I don't know. It might be the best so, thing ever. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just no, huh? It is it is not. <laughs> just okay, great. So are we done with Tom being wrong? Are we ready for me to be right? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> okay. Well, you guys actually just, uh, you know, you congratulated me for going to college and I had a very long circuitous uh, <laughs> route to the end of, uh, is it the end? Question mark. I don't know. I might go get my, I don't know. Uh, to get to the bachelor's degree, it took a lot. Um, but there's also a lot of mental block involved here. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of want to a little bit of a Twitter rant this morning because there's a lot of the conversation surrounding education and paying for education and its role in society. It kind of pisses me off. Let me just get to the cut to the chase here. College is not supposed to be a jobs training program, and an education just for the sake of an education is perfectly okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like I said, I went on a little bit of a Twitter rant this morning. Uh, there's this guy, Mike Rowe. Maybe you know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Dirty jobs. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, he kind of pissed me off. And he's one of the main voices pushing back on the notion that kids need to go to college to make something of themselves and to have a happy life. He's fighting to change the perceptions on dirty jobs, as they're called, uh, as work worth doing. Um, and I think this is necessary and, and this is good work that he does. But he goes too far, and here's where the unpopular opinion kicks in, because it, it doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be either college or work. You can do both. And look, Mike gets a lot of Fox News TV time telling their viewers what a bad deal college is. No matter what he's on there to discuss, no matter what uh, talk he's there for or whatever he's pushing, they always manage to get his take on that because they are trying to sell to their viewers that college is just a big indoctrination center. Okay. Um, or really all public education is, uh, Mike Rowe has a degree in communications from Towson university and his entire career is based around it. He works in television. He is not an expert in anything. And to his credit, he's the first to admit that he's getting too much airtime on the wrong side of the interview. He's the guy who should be giving, you know, taking the interview, not actually giving it. And he's good at his job and he's right 
in the sense that not everyone needs a college diploma. And there's high paying jobs out there that are great jobs. Dirty jobs can be great jobs. I know I've, I've worked them. Um, like Mike, I have a college diploma too, actually, but you know, I'm just collecting them. Long story anyway, but unlike Mike, I actually have worked these jobs for a living. So as someone who has served and worked and gone to college and just basically has lived in all of the above scrap like hell, weird ass career path, I'm going to say this. We shouldn't be glorifying either route, college or work, and we shouldn't insist that it's either or. I've done both. Both are good. Both can be shitty. Bodies can break well before retirement and people need to reskill in order to finish their careers. People can have their joy sucked from them in a cubicle and find happiness working in the dirt like an office space. One of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. Mm. That's a real thing. And people do make that transition and they're happier. Uh, it can all be good. It can all suck. What's not helpful is a guy with a college diploma feeding the animosity against college felt by those who think college and schools and public schools are nothing but indoctrination centers. This is not helpful. So if you like Mike Rowe, you know, go ahead and continue to listen to him. That's fine. Take his message in the spirit of what he intends it, that dirty work is good work and necessary work, and we shouldn't be denigrating it. But he should not be considered as a source of anything other than entertainment. So college isn't supposed to be a job training program. It had a higher purpose in mind when we developed universities four or 500 years ago. Uh, and education for the sake of an education is perfectly acceptable, perfectly okay. That's my opinion. So how would you word that? An education for an education is purpose or is uh, I would say acceptable. college isn't a jobs training program. College isn't a jobs training program. I right. Because like the, the, the person, the pervasive attitude is you got to go there and get skills to pay the bills and go do, you know, yes, mm -hmm. especially if you're borrowing money, you yeah. really want to come out the other side with the ability to pay that back. There's no question that that's true, but a lot of the conversation is being driven by the fact that college is so bloody expensive. Yep. If it was like it was when Mike Rowe went to school and you could paint houses over the summer and pay for the whole next year's tuition, nobody would be having this conversation. Nobody would give a shit. It's fine, right? It's that you have to borrow 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, $100,000 to go get an education. And then when you get on the other side of it, you have to have some way of paying it back, right? And then people will, but maybe they want to pursue uh, an education in something that doesn't necessarily have an immediate payoff. Maybe it you're, maybe it'll make you really good at something down the road, even if that something isn't perfectly clear right away, right? That return on investment. Uh, if we're thinking of an education as a return on investment, I think you're you're missing the point. Sometimes it's okay to get that just for the sake of getting it. It just sucks because it, what's it's it's be <laughs> the animosity is driven by the fact that it's so expensive and people are talking about uh, tuition and uh, forgiveness and things like that. And should the taxpayer be burdened with that? I say yes because fuck them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we my generation, our generation has been hosed for oh twenty God. consecutive years. Yeah. So now that a now that a bailout could potentially be coming our way, I'm supposed to like have the higher mind and 
to have the the position of integrity. No, fuck them. I'm, I'm going to get mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so that's just, I, I don't have it in me to be against that. So hundred percent agree, but I understand, I understand their concern. And I, I just think that the fact that tuition is so high is what's driving the animosity towards this. But keep in mind that an education for an education's sake is perfectly okay. Perfectly acceptable. So. Hell yeah. I don't regret going to college. I mean, yeah, it's expensive. Still paying down my student loan, but I mean, I got my I got my job and where I'm at now because of my degree. Right. I don't use it every single day. Like I wanted to be a cop, but my degree, I'm not a police officer, but I'm I I use elements of my degree in my current job now. And so I don't regret my time there. I met some of my best friends in college. um, And so it was an experience and everyone can do their own thing. I totally understand the the paradigm for work is shifting drastically. Yes, it is. So I don't like the, the rhetoric of like you must go to college to to achieve financial success right when you can have a manual labor job and make a shit ton of money but then on the flip side i also don't like the i don't need no college for this it's like yeah, right. but college is great the pendulum, fantastic time. the pendulum goes too far yeah uh, either way and that's a problem i'm i'm in the mindset of do whatever you want to do and no one else can tell you what to do i'm in the mindset of do both yeah hey, do everything yeah. try everything like uh, shakira said in yeah. that one movie like all the dips like when people have a lot of dip just try all the dip you never try know if you like dip. You might like the French onion. You might hate the French onion. Oh, I thought you were talking about tobacco. I thought you were talking about like. Oh, oh gross. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> so I was going to say I did. I tried it both. Yeah. Gross. No, no, no. <laughs> like like dips, like with chip and stuff. With chips skull, and stuff. Skull, skull's better in Copenhagen. I'm just going <laughs> to. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I, I haven't chewed in years <laughs> and it rips your gums apart. I've got like exposed root because of it. It's awful, awful, awful. Mm. Filthy habit. Uh, skull's better in Copenhagen. Okay. That, that's a, there's an unpopular opinion right there. Man, I should have gone with that. <laughs> Would have cut right Ugh. to the end. Okay. Well, All right. We're, well, back, we're back to Tom then. Yeah. I back think so. to Tom. Okay. So my next one is an opinion that I had a while ago because it's about two movies. And that is that Batman versus Superman is better than Captain America Civil War. Well, what are now, you I talking had, about? I had oh, this opinion oh, oh back when it came out, which I've told quite a few people about. I don't know if I, you have might have been in the room. Yeah, yeah. When I like mentioned it. Um, yeah, uh, I just think it is a better movie. Uh, okay. I think it gets a bad rap for the whole Martha thing, Martha. which shouldn't be that. Like, it gets a bad rap for that, but in like uh, Endgame, when he's like, "Bucky's still alive." And he like freaks out. Yeah. No one complains about Captain America being freaked out by a name, basically, in like the same way. Why is it held so differently between the two? Because it was, I think, one is more earned than the other. And I mean, it seemed like very lazy writing, Tom. It was incredibly lazy (sighs) writing. It's, I am a diehard Batman fan, and that was something that I should have been so goddamn excited for when they pulled, basically, they pulled scenes from the pages of The Dark Knight uh, Returns, uh-huh. and to see that actually in the flesh, it's like, oh my god, this is so cool. But to end that way was really lazy writing. You easily could have done other things, and the reason I can't stand BVS is because the final 30 minutes feel so rushed. They're like, we have a really cool plan. We're building up to this big fight. And then, oh, yeah, Martha, we have the same mom's name. All right, we're cool. Yeah, yeah, no, we're cool. Um, and Captain America is a lot different. There's You're, you're talking about years worth <laughs> of movies that, that they had some footing to stand on. And this one, 
Ben Affleck was awesome as Batman. I have nothing negative. I like sure. Henry Cavill a lot. Um, yeah. I love Gal Gadot, but they introduced her in a weird way. They introduced Doomsday in a weird way. It just was all over the place. It's a very messy movie. I agree. It's not the greatest movie, but Captain America Civil that's it? War. That's, that's your argument? I was from, expecting the rest. Oh, oh yeah, there, there. Okay. Uh, Captain America Civil War. I knew what was going to happen from the very beginning of the movie because the movie opens with like the motorcycle making the car crash. And I already knew at the beginning what that was going to be. And it probably ruined the entire movie for me. Wow. And it wasn't like somebody told me about it. I just figured it out. I was like, Oh, those are going to be Tony's parents. And like, so getting to the end where Tony finds out that, Bucky killed his parents. It just wasn't exciting for me to get to that point. Cause it's just like, yeah, I get it. And then he's going to see, and then, uh, uh-huh, and then yeah, it's going to be terrible. I get it. Um, it just, it just wasn't a good movie for me. The airports, airport, airport scene. Great. But the rest of the movie was just garbage for me. It just, wow. And, and then just like, Captain America, like, I understand that Bucky is brainwashed, but he did still kill Tony's parents. Yeah, he sure Brainwashed or not. So Captain America just kind of siding with Bucky and saying, whatever, Tony, I'm going to side with this guy. He had a bad couple years, you know, 60 or so. Um, But it just, it, I, none of it clicked for me. I just couldn't do it. And like you, Zach, I just seeing like Batman and Superman fighting on screen was like my dream. Like when I heard it was coming out, that w- I wanted to see that. So I was so much more excited to see Batman go up against Superman. But the implications from Captain America Civil War bled out and uh, into the next three films. And, and it was they were way more important than Batman versus Superman. I mean, what did we think was going to happen at the end of BVS? Did we think that they were still going to be at odds with each other? Because I sure as hell didn't. And you know why? Because in the trailer, they ruin <laughs> it by bringing in Doomsday. So that immediately right there killed it for me. I still wanted to see it because I was like, hell yeah, I want to see Baffleck. And he was awesome. But he was awesome. I just it, there's no way Captain America Civil War is far and away a better film than BVS. So much better. <laughs> I think they are both average and BVS Oof. is better. <laughs> Tom, are you high right now? Jeez. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm having a drink or two. No big deal. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, it is called uh, called uh, Dank Dust. So there you go. OK. Yes. Got some good. Now we know high. why. <laughs> now we know what it's all about. Ah. Okay. I think, Eric, you can. Uh, oh, make people hate me less. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to make people hate me now. Um, do you hate... And everybody has strong opinions about it. Do you hate the new Star Wars movies? I really don't uh, like the new Star Wars movies. Are you okay. talking about 8, 9, 10? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no. 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9, yeah. Yeah, 7, yes. 8, 9. Yeah, I okay. absolutely loathe 7, 8, 9. Uh, how do you feel? What's your opinion on the prequels? I actually kind of like the prequels. Uh, two is terrible. Two is yeah. terrible. I like one because pod racing, um, and I love Darth Maul. And sure. then three is kind of fun because it just it kind of blends them together a little bit, <clears throat> and they have an amazing lightsaber battle. But there's so, a lot okay. of cheesiness in it. Tom, 
I would bit. say that <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, actually, would you, um, let me ask you guys: the this. last jet, or what was the third of the new ones? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. I, I I liked that one. Oh my god! Are you kidding one. me, Tom? That's like, the worst. It's out of terrible. the three of them. I'm it sorry, is terrible. But, oh, I didn't say it. Like, I liked it the most out of the. I, I'm starting to realize that really, besides the first three, I don't really care for most of them. Yeah. Okay, thank you for saying that. Let's try to answer it. I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. They're not well written. They never no, were. They're, they're horribly written. That's true. <laughs> They were never well written. They were never really good movies. They're popcorn flicks. They're fun. So no, seven, eight, nine did not ruin the franchise. The franchise was all right. Now, well, yes, they could have been better, and we have our opinions on how they would have been. And Zach, I'd, I'd love to hear everything you have to say on it. But <sighs> I, I, I mentioned, I know, I know. Maybe this isn't the episode for it. No, I don't I, know. I, I'll, I'll bite my tongue. <laughs> then, then again, maybe this is the perfect episode for it. It's on unpopular opinions. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything bad about the actors because they did everything they could. Um, you know, mm. good for them. Um, I'm simply saying. Star Wars was never a particularly well written franchise. <laughs> it was never Citizen Kane. It wasn't supposed to be. It's okay. Uh, they made their choices, you know, and 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 that's that. Star Wars. If you love Star Wars, just I, I'd say, I, I I don't know if you just love the lore of it. If you did, then maybe you got, maybe you felt kind of betrayed if you had read all the books that had come out after Jedi, and they had this big expansive. Did you guys ever read those books? I read I read like a couple of them, but oh, yeah, the dude. fan the fan fiction has become canon in certain senses too. Okay, but they they basically took all those books that had been written, the several series, dozens and dozens and dozens, and basically just said it's all fan fiction. None of it happened. None of it's real. That's not the real Star Wars. And forever that had been the real Star Wars for people. So Mm -hmm. I think ever since then that – but I get from a creative standpoint that they don't want to be beholden to that, but you know. Well, and it's just, I mean, I agree with you that Star Wars isn't really well written. It doesn't mean that I don't love, you know, four, five and six. I think that they're incredible and they hold hold such a dear place in my heart. Um, But they're kind of like Avatar, the movie Avatar. I actually really don't like Avatar. I think it's a pretty bad movie. And it's it's just because of we've seen it in Pocahontas. We've seen it in Dances with Wolves. We've seen it in all these different movies, right? It's Dances with Wolves. It's it's the white savior character, which is is so problematic. But um, it doesn't there's no denying that it's a visual masterpiece. It is beautiful to look at. It still holds up. I, the teaser trailer for way of the water just dropped today yep. and I am super pumped, even though this movie is like 14 years in the making and I have already written off avatar. I will still see it because I know it's going to be a visual spectacle. And that's what star Wars was star Wars in the seventies was doing this when people were like, Oh my God, what are these lasers and spaceships and all this stuff? This is so cool. Yeah. And it's the typical uh, hero's journey, right? The typical right. hero's journey with Luke Skywalker. And it's mm-hmm. been done time and time and time again in Shakespeare and other uh, literary works. And so um, to see it on the screen, it does. they do a really good job with it. And George Lucas notoriously is terrible at directing. <laughs> the first three <laughs> Star Wars are not good. So, but I still really like one and three for certain reasons they aren't the worst george, two is two george is terrible george lucas is an ideas guy he's an idea he's, he's got all the good ideas uh, if we give him a camera though things yeah. are gonna get a little messy <laughs> 
Yeah, not a huge fan of it, but interesting. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think Rise of Skywalker uh, episode nine was absolutely terrible, and it was egregious why they even made it. Uh, it was it was a very miscalculated error on their part, on Disney's part. They took storylines that basically they're gift wrapped to to progress, and they just threw them away. Uh, the biggest, the most egregious error, in my opinion, is the treatment of John Boyega. They did yeah. absolutely nothing for his character. And in um, Force Awakens, they built him up so much. And that trailer really pisses you off because he he picks up the lightsaber at the very end. And you're like, oh, my God. And you just think that Finn is going to be this incredible character. And what do they do? They keep him as a, basically a background character. It is such bullshit. And I was livid that that Finn didn't have a bigger part in these films. I was like, cool. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. was trash. I, I I hate. Oh god, I don't hate a lot of stuff, but I really <laughs> hate Rise of Skywalker. It like makes me angry thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I in, intended to get you angry, but no, it's fine. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I'll be good. That's what you like. This whole learning, episode learning, <laughs> learning that learning that Palpatine is still alive in the scroll. I'm it like, che- oh, it cheapens okay. everything. It cheapens everything. Oh my god, you're like, okay, so like the, one of the biggest characters in Star Wars lore. Oh yeah, by the way, he's still alive. We forgot to tell you that. We're just gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, bring it up here in the scroll. It completely negates Anakin's sacrifice. Exactly, and that was the the saddest part in Star Wars. It was the redemption. It's the trilogy, the arc. Right. But good opinion. Star Wars is not well written. I 100% agree with you, Eric. All right, cool. Well, how about you? What's your second? Yeah, second one, right? Well, I'll stick with movies then. And I want to know. I'm curious on what you guys think. So um, I laugh at a lot of comedies. Comedy is incredibly subjective. But for some goddamn reason, I don't think Monty Python is funny. I don't think any Monty Python films are funny. Hmm. I've laughed maybe once. And it was in, I think... The Life of Brian uh, or History of the War. No, that's Mel Brooks. See, I don't even know. Um, but because I like I like John Cleese. I like everybody in it. Terry Gilliam's an awesome director. I just and I appreciate what Monty Python has done for for comedies, but I just don't laugh. I I, I don't get it. You don't get it, huh? Yeah. OK. You know what? I, I get it because um, when it comes to Monty Python, it's it's hit or miss for me. Like most of Holy Grail is a hit. But like Life of Brian, there's there's moments that are funny in it for me, but there's also a lot of misses. And then their their TV show or whatever it was, uh, some of those are just not funny at all. I don't get the whole Spanish Inquisition like one at all. Yeah. I'm just you like have to find I, I don't funny. like yeah I don't get why this is funny, but. Yeah, it's, I think it's just hit or miss. And for you, it's a lot of miss. <laughs> Mostly all miss. About 99%. Uh, yeah, I, for me, it almost all hits. I, I love Monty Python. <laughs> I, I, so I pegged dumb. you for, I pegged so, you for a Monty Python fan, you too. You pegged me. I love when you peg me. You pegged oh, me absolutely oh, correct. This is a family show. <laughs> what? This is a family oh. show. Oh, I see. Yeah, sorry, right. I see. You, yeah. you, okay. I appreciate what it did for film. I love how meta it is. Like the Holy Grail, I, I just love how meta it is. And I think that that's really, really smart. Uh, you know, I mean, Mel Brooks has a lot of inspiration from him too. I bet they kind of bounced around with ideas. Probably. But I think that I just, I just, I can't get beyond, I get behind it. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm just not into it. Okay. 
Well, it's yeah. it's uh, it's exquisite. It's for a uh, refined palate. I, wow, I, I understand if you know, not everybody's it's for that us comedy you know. geniuses. You know, right. No big deal. That's that's, that's okay. It's, it's, all right. it's no problem. I get it. Yeah, we all get it. Some people uh, like Family Guy. I love Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Because it's funny. Right, right into, that. into that shit. Because it's funny. <laughs> it is. It is funny. I enjoy Family Guy as well. I enjoy the dumb humor involved with it. Yeah, it just has a lot of quotable stuff. I agree. That's good. Characters are cool. Characters drive so much of this. And Monty Python was a skit show. Didn't really mm-hmm. have a whole lot of characters, whereas Family Guy has like character development and characters that you kind of get attached to. And that's, that's you know, same with South Park and Simpsons and any sort of sitcom show like that. With a sketch show, sometimes, you, you know, if it's not your flavor, it's not your style, then it's never going to work, you know? Exactly. Mm. So, is there any other sketch comedy you do like? Do you like Saturday Night Saturday Night Live? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like Portlandia quite a bit. Um, okay. I like. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's other things. Oh, uh, a hilarious one that I think everyone needs to watch because episodes are only like 15 minutes. It's called I Think You Should Leave, and it's on Netflix. It is so goddamn funny. Um, and they just renewed it for a third season. But if you guys ever have a chance, you should watch it. Oh my god, I. I forgot the guy's name. Like Tim Ryan, maybe he's so funny though. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, Eric, right. we're back to you. I think, or Tom, we're back to you. Uh, no, yeah, me. Uh, so, my next opinion is quite, quite controversial. Oh boy! Um, because everyone hates this vegetable, but Brussels sprouts are the best vegetable. Okay. Brussels sprouts are the most delicious and it's not even close. Like I'm not a big vegetable person, but I could eat Brussels sprouts forever. They are delicious. I know that for most people, they taste like feet. I love the taste of feet apparently because <laughs> it's important you know that about shit, yourself. Yeah, that shit is good. Um, I feel like. There's only one other person that I know that likes Brussels sprouts, um, but I also don't ask a lot of people. But uh, Katie, uh, Mike's wife, uh, I came over for Thanksgiving. I think they were doing turducken, and I came over, and she was like, I'm going to make Brussels sprouts. And Mike was complaining about them because they taste like feet and they smell like feet. And I was like, like like, I'll have some. I'll have some of those Brussels sprouts. And she was like, Tom, you are one of the good ones. And that's right. Tom is one of the good ones because he eats Brussels sprouts. And I will eat a whole tray of Brussels sprouts. Oh, God, I want some Brussels sprouts right I'll now. I'll back you up. Brussels sprouts are pretty good. I Thank also you. really like Brussels oh, sprouts. This, I, I, I it's eat real them awkward a when I have a when I have a you know controversial opinion that we all enjoy. <laughs> you know that's really weird though because I, yeah. I would almost argue that that's not controversial because I know pretty much everywhere people love Brussels sprouts. Especially, I'm not a fan of this way to cook them, but a lot of people put bacon with them, which I just yeah. I do not do. I all I do is just some avocado oil, salt, pepper, and I roast mine, and they're mm. they're pretty cash money. But yeah, I, I know a lot of people that really like Brussels sprouts a lot. Maybe I'm just not hanging out with the right crowd because nobody I know seems to like Brussels sprouts besides you guys, apparently. Um, you got to stop hanging out with that Aurora crowd. Or I guess not Aurora. It's Highway 99. Well, now I'm uh, 164th. Oh, there we go. You moved. I forgot Probably shouldn't that. be giving out my street address on the internet. Oh, yeah. We're so popular. <laughs> You're going to get stalked. 
there's you don't realize how like my <laughs> animal magnetism will just get people to come to me. Yeah. Cuz you'll smell like <sighs> feet from all the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> so there's I my uh my unpopular opinion that is apparently very popular. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, all right, I guess that moves into my next one. Uh Tom, I think you're really going to appreciate this one. Oh. Uh Zach, I think you will too, but Tom especially considering what you do for a living. Uh, presence culture needs to die. Uh, this is work related presence culture. Uh, the pandemic revealed a lot of things about our country, obviously, uh, particularly our vulnerabilities, right? But it also showed us ways in which we could improve, uh, and some of our strengths and there was sufficient cause for innovation and reconsideration of the workplace, such as determining what work qualifies as essential, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Companies and organizations were forced to reconcile with something that their workers had known for years. A lot of these jobs can totally be done from home. Right, Tom? Yes. There's My not... entire work is at home. No <laughs> need for me to go anywhere near an office. <laughs> with some of this stuff, there, there's not a lot lost by the lack of a physical presence. But bosses hate it. They hate it. <laughs> They want to walk down the line of desks or whatever, you know, they have, and they see the worker bees hard at it. And, and and they say it's about, they'll always make a case like it's about accessibility and accountability, but I think it has more to do with their ego. And frankly, uh, some of it's generational, like millennial and Gen Z bosses are, you know, tend to be cool with teleworking and telecommuting wherever possible, but generally, and I hate generalizations, but Let's face it, we've, we've run into this ourselves. A lot of folks from the, the previous generation, the boomer generation, they tend to resist it. And these, a lot of them are the same folks who bemoan workers using their phones or having their phones on them while they're on the job. Because um, they don't seem to realize that these latest generations, millennials and Gen Z, haven't spent nearly their entire lives connected to the rest of the world. And we see the strength in that, whereas they see that as a, as a problem. Um, they want to kind of cordon off their employees from the outside world while they're on their time or company time or whatever. But it's like, if you don't trust the employee to act correctly on their own initiative, then they shouldn't be your employee to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's okay to have a hybrid scenario where maybe like employees have to kind of work in the office first for a few months to kind of, you know, for training and things like that, and then let them, let them loose and, offer remote work or have it like a negotiable options situation with within their job. But presence culture cannot stand on its own legs anymore after the pandemic. We just, it just got totally exposed and it needs to die because these bosses who cannot reevaluate and readjust to this new reality really shouldn't be bosses anymore either. So it's time for them to retire. Presence culture needs to die. A lot of these jobs can be done distantly uh, remotely and, I think, hey, fewer cars on the road, it's better for the environment, it's better for traffic, uh, it's better for um, work-life balance when folks can work from home wherever possible. Uh, my job, current, my current job, I have to be there, you know, <laughs> just, that's the way it goes. It's factory work, you know, testing bundles, wire bundles and stuff. I have to be there. But uh, my engineer support team, they're working from home. They don't have to be there because all their coding stuff is online. We download it from the server. And if I have a problem with it, it's not, they don't have to come down to my computer to figure out what's going on. If there's a problem, it's the problem on the server and they can fix it from home. See what I'm saying? So they don't have to be there. 
and that's uh, but our big boss, one of our big bosses, just came out and said, "We need everybody back in the office now." I'm boomer. I need to retire. Such so. an antiquated way of of looking at it, of of looking at the the workforce. And I know I'm a full time remote worker, and I was in a hybrid situation when I first started with my company, and it was great. And I did like to that, that kind of you know routine of uh, kind of going back to the or in the office and stuff and having my desk and getting coffee with my coworkers. But quite honestly, work from home is amazing. I've yeah. talked with people who are like, oh, I just miss the social interaction. I'm like, I know. you can still get the social interaction at other places, yeah. but the pros definitely uh, outweigh the cons in this situation. I'm saving money. I'm yeah. at home. Working from home is like unlimited PTO, basically, yeah. because our mm-hmm. bosses understand that, hey, we're, we're freaking adults and we know how to get our work done and we don't need to be micromanaged. Turns out um, when you treat your workers like adults, they act like adults. And yeah. and, and, and the <laughs> fact that that I can be from home and I'm like, crap, I forgot to do my laundry. Sweet. I'm going to go put my laundry in while I'm waiting for this email to to, to come through or something like that. God, I'm so uh, jealous of that. Yeah, I think I, with my new with that, now that I got my degree, I'm going to try to do remote work. I'm you, so you totally jealous. should. My it's my so the work life balance is so much better and it's I just remember when I worked for Target and how stressed I was and just I could never do anything. And now it's just it's great, man. I mean, there are you know some cons to it, obviously, but yeah. there's yeah, I agree with you. The presence in office is is a very antiquated thing. And people who who say that they need to be back in office, I think they're kind of just I don't know. I, I don't think Besides, that they can also save. They can save uh, money in terms of renting office space because mm-hmm. you don't have to have all those people yeah. there. Exactly. Uh, I was, well, my, my job had like, I think it was uh, like 43 people in an office that now only has, I think there's six people that go in the office still. Okay. And it's like, you can downgrade your space like a crazy amount yeah. just by not having us there. And we're, we're all about data. So if you're hitting your quality and your quantity that you're supposed to be hitting, right. they don't care and they don't bother us. I sit at home in my underwear and do my work. Yeah. Uh, I was never a social person at work. I talked to two people and that's because I was friends with them. Yeah. Before I started working, there. I was going to say the cult, the social aspects is the worst part about my job. I don't want to know any of these people. Uh, Uh, and and i have things that i do that would annoy most people because they should i do this thing where i crack my knuckles about once every 30 minutes sure people at the office hated and i also used to chew on my pen in the office as just something i've done since high school yeah not like a nervous thing or anything i would just chew on a pen and people would email me and be like Hey, could you stop that? <laughs> I was oh, just like, oh yeah, God, yeah. Sucks. Sorry about that. that. You were that guy, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. I was that jackass who's just All making right. a loud chewing noise. Well, I, 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 I get it now. Now they're your pants. You can chew them all you want to. Yeah. Does, does Whitney ever get on your ass about that? Well, that's why I don't chew pens anymore. Yeah. Mandy lot, gets on my ass. It's a lot worse to make yeah. your wife angry than your sure. coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be admitting that out loud. <laughs> yeah. This is re- this is being recorded and being on the internet. We shouldn't give them that ammo, but it's true. I know a guy <laughs> or I know a gal who who works like three or four remote jobs right now and just make it stupid money. And I know a guy who uh, he actually hired in at Boeing with me. And he got into management really early and he's gotten into the seller world really early. And now he is 100% remote, 100% online. Um, and he works, in, or he actually, he lives in Montana. He bought a ranch out there. He's got cows, he's got horses. He's got like, that's his real job, basically. <laughs> he's running that ranch, but he works remotely. He does his entire job from home, from the computer, because he can, because he could do the whole thing. So 
Um, I'm happy for him. I'm very jealous of him. I think I'll be pursuing that with my next job as much as I can. Uh, I'm looking at jobs that offer telecommuting, but I would really like to find one that's 100% virtual. And because I went to college in an online format, like I can prove that I am completely competent to be working from the computer. I don't need to be there to have somebody standing over me to make me do something. You know what I'm saying? I see that as a strength. You think I'm right about that? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Well, that's my number f- my number uh, three. three. Yeah, it's my number three. Uh, culture presence needs to die. So, okay, Zach, what about you and your number three? All right, everyone seems to love this actor. I don't like him at all. Chris Pratt. I mm-hmm. don't think he's funny. I don't like him. Yeah, I don't like Chris Pratt. Okay, well, we can, we, this, <laughs> is, this is a quick and easy one. Uh, I like Chris Pratt in certain roles, and some of it he's a, I think he's a little bit overdone, overblown. Um, I don't hate the guy personally. I just... Uh, he has to be the it has to be the right role for Chris Pratt and a lot of it isn't. So I blame him for Thanos snapping his fingers because they were about to pull the gauntlet off and he had to lose his shit about Gamora and he messed up the entire plan. Yeah, I can't stand Chris Pratt. Was that Chris Pratt I, or was that the right? Yeah, I like how in this situation it was Chris Pratt that did it. No, like I just Chris Pratt was the I, one. I just don't like I, I just don't like Chris Pratt. And yeah, it's cool that he's from, you know, like Stevens and stuff like that, but I am not a celebrity fucker like that some people are when they're like, Oh my god, you know, he he pooped in this toilet once at this at the chicken dry or something like that and i'm like i don't care about any of that stuff when i, I do me- when i meet someone famous i'm like oh cool i mean other than a sports star even at that i'm just like oh man like i saw sue bird in a bar once in ballard and i'm like sue bird i was like oh i love you and i like kind of waved at her like, hey and then her friend's like yeah i know she's great i'm like i know and then i just went and yeah. sat at my table I, I didn't go up to her i was I just looked at the bar and I was walking. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, super. I was like, I love you. Maybe that's a, a semi unpopular opinion for me. Uh, I don't care to ever meet celebrities. I don't, yeah, I, I don't really need to either. I, I've met some celebrities and I'm like, huh, just like a normal well, dude. I, don't, I feel like I'd be bothering them. Like they have to put yeah. on an, an air for me because that's like they're, I don't want them to work. I don't want them to have to do their thing. So or they'll slap you like Will Smith. I don't I don't want them to have to, you know, be working and be on the the, the shtick talking to me i i don't i wouldn't know what to say uh talk about the weather what like i don't know i got you um so i'm gonna say that chris pratt was good in parks and rec that's the type of chris pratt that i wanted to he should have kept going with that and then star lord he's good and then uh, i don't like him as an action star he's just not a good actor i think i think he is funny when he does the things that he should be doing as Chris Pratt. I don't know what yeah. that is, but he does something right in certain roles. Uh, but that you guys talked about celebrities just reminded me. Do you guys know who Rick Steve is? Rick Steve. Like no. he, he does travel stuff on oh, I think, Rick PBS, Steves. Yeah. And he's from yeah, Rick Steves and he's from Edmonds. Um, so in Italy, when we were in Florence, he was like outside of a restaurant that he was going to like, he was scouting out while we were there. And you guys talking about like, not really caring about celebrities. Uh, my wife was like, should we like talk to him or anything? And I was like, no, nah, I think we're good. <laughs> like, yeah. We saw him. He's here. And that's the end of this. Like, we don't need to be like, Oh, we're big fans. Cause we're not really, but we've seen him and we've watched his things before. Yeah. But I was like, we don't need to do this. Like he's right there. Yeah, he looks like a guy. I'm done. <laughs> I love I love Rick Steves. He has awesome videos and they've yeah, they're just phenomenal. So yeah, lo- love that like, dude. 
he was just there in Italy and it was like, oh, this is cool, right? And it's like, all right, yeah, he's there. It's we my opinion him. about a lot of stuff. Um, I would just give a fist bump. I'd be like, Rich Steves. And just give a fist bump. And that's it. So, so is that and your I'm number? Gonna... No, Tom, what's your number four? Well, that's the thing is I was going to use that to move into my number four. Because you, you just go. saw how, how I react to things. Okay, yeah, there he is. Um, so my next one. Uh, Eric's actually already aware of this because I brought it up when we were watching the draft uh, because I had just come back from Italy and I was telling people about things. Yeah. Um, and this opinion is, so I walked in to the Sistine Chapel and I looked up at the ceiling and I instantly thought, okay, because I wasn't impressed at all by it. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't believe. Okay. So, Weird, Tom. So I walked in thinking this is supposed to be like, this is crazy. Oh, my God. And I thought the like man touching God's finger thing. I thought that was huge. I thought that was like the whole ceiling or most of the ceiling. It's just like a little panel up there. And I was just like, huh. This is okay, I guess. And we sat in there for a while. And I was I was really, really disappointed with the Sistine Chapel. This now, is I wanna, okay, I guess. I I, I want to bring up the fact that I am not a sightseer. Things that look beautiful and stuff to other people, for me, it's like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> and that's what I give you is, oh, that's neat. Um, I was more concerned with me and my wife were sitting on the side in on the benches uh and we were watching people so if you don't know in the sistine chapel you're not supposed to take videos photos and you're also supposed to be very quiet you're supposed to be silent and -hmm. there's a guy on a on a microphone who keeps yelling out silent (laughs) silent sure sure (laughs) and it's just like well first of all you are not doing very well in here sir (laughs) but people would be taking pictures while he's saying that there's no pictures to be taken. And they would like, there was a girl who was standing right in front of him at the microphone. He said no pictures. And she was standing in front of him with her phone pointing up at the ceiling. And he had to like go and tap her on the shoulder and be like, no pictures. And it's just like, Oh, these people are terrible. And then those weren't even the bad people. The bad people were the people who would hold their phone. So it was on selfie mode pointing up at the ceiling and taking pictures. Can you not hear me? Uh, you just kind of froze up there, Tom. Yeah, your connections, oh. your connections, rough. Oh, could you hear me? We heard a little bit, but yeah, we just we, uh, we left the. I think you cut the off pictures. with the, the bad people. Okay, so the bad people were they would put their cell phones on selfie mode, point it up at the ceiling, and they would take pictures that way. Those people were dicks because they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew they were breaking the rules and wanted to hide it. <laughs> Jerks. Yeah. But let's not talk about that. Sistine Chapel, a real meh for me. Like, oh, not, boy. not impressive See, at all. This this is why <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to beat you up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's just with these culturally historically important places. I I am of the mind like I want to know so much about them before I go so I can fully appreciate where I am and what I'm looking at as I'm seeing it. Cause it, when you know the context, it becomes much richer. You know, the creation of Adam <laughs> is one of the most iconic paintings 
in the history of the species. And you're just like, meh. That, the that, Sistine Chapel. That is a, that's is my reaction with all art, by the way. Like it's just, one of the holiest okay. places on earth and one of the most important paintings in human history. And you're standing there like, meh. Okay, it, it doesn't move you at all. So I, I, okay, it's okay, it's all right. If it doesn't really move you, there's different strokes for different folks, different flavor, fine, fine, whatever. It's just like it's still hard to kind of comprehend how your reaction is like meh. How would you not like? I don't get how you'd be like this sh- should be moving me, but it's not. What am I missing? And like start researching everything about it and then maybe find, I don't know. Nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> okay. now, when I, don't, when I, do- I, there's so many times that you and I are basically the same person. <laughs> this right here is, this is where we are black and white, totally different. Well, and when I told you at the draft, you said the same thing that my wife said to me. And that was, do you know about how much work went into this? Yeah. And the analogy I used for her instantly right after she said that was, if you cook me Thanksgiving dinner and you burn the turkey, I'm not going to say it was great. <laughs> like, it was still a burnt turkey. <laughs> I hate That's so. a good analogy. No, it's a good not. analogy. Yeah. It's I a like terrible that. analogy. Like, like I'm not saying the Sisti Chapel is a burnt turkey. I just thought it was the best way ah. to convey, like... Just because a lot of work at. goes into this doesn't mean it's, it's impressive. Tom, like, I think a good analogy you should use is like all this time went in to make Batman versus Superman and you still get a burnt turkey. You still get a piece of shit ugh. movie. So, yeah, there you go. But there's good there's good turkey underneath the burnt skin. <laughs> Gross. I don't want to dig for that. Oh, my uh, God. But yeah, okay. I just Eric, I just let's yeah. let's jump to your fourth. <laughs> OK. Um. Uh, Okay, this 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 really is an unpopular opinion for a lot of people, and uh, this might even be insulting for a lot of people. And uh, sorry, uh, but it's like Jordan Belfort said in The Wolf of Wall Street: "There is no nobility in poverty." I'm sorry, I've had some money, I've been broke as shit, and money can buy happiness. And anyone who tells you otherwise is full of it. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, there's more. There are more important things in life, obviously, and the and those things are free. Um, and money cannot save you from despair and tragedy and all that other stuff. Uh, money is not everything, uh, but it can buy happiness. It sure as fuck can. It can certainly relieve your stress. Like the the vast majority of the stress I feel in my life, actually all of the stress I feel in my life is money related. Everything else, I'm golden. I don't care. I'm good. <laughs> everything in my life stress related has to do with I don't have the money for the things that I want <laughs> yeah. or, or, or need, or, you know, I've got this going on that takes this amount of money and this blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it, yes, it's, it's true that the best things in life are free and there are so many more important things in life than money and, and, and mental well-being and all that. I'm just saying money helps your mental well-being. <laughs> if you have it, it's better than being poor. There is some toxic pushback against people with money and has been for a long, long time and for good reason. Um, but, they, some of the toxic pushback is where they assume that if you have it, it must be because you're some sort of a sleaze. And sometimes that's true. Sure, we we all know that. But you know, you listen to the the a certain country song, and they'll talk about how they're happier in a tin roof and shotgun house with no shoes on. I'm like, bullshit. 
Yeah. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Uh, I, I've been either there or damn near there in my life, and there is nothing morally courageous or great about not having money. That so pendulum, a, like I said before. A sense of irony fun. with these country stars who make all this money that are singing about living in a, in a, in a shack, and I'm like... Bitch, please. You it's like you have yeah. like a bodyguard and a chauffeur. Right. Like miss me with all that. that it's like Mike Rowe stuff. with his college diploma exactly. saying college is a bad deal. Bitch, uh, shush. What is it? Uh, Bo Burnham has a whole song about country stars singing about like loving to be poor, and they're writing these lyrics from a private jet, like yep. right. <laughs> like yeah. on, yeah, on an iPad. Come on, <laughs> like come on, buddy. I agree with you, Eric. I think I think money does buy happiness, and I I, I when, whenever people and I love that from Wolf of Wall Street when he goes, you know, when people say money doesn't buy buy you happiness, it's because they're poor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like really, I like I'm very fortunate to be in my position that I'm in. I struggled uh, growing up. We were not rich. We were we were sure. pretty poor, and Same. then I worked my ass off, and I've gotten to where I've gotten, and uh, I'm very very fortunate. Um, and so for me. Like I spend money on the things that I love to do. So in that sense, money buys me happiness. Right. Money <laughs> relieves my stress, which makes me happy. Exactly. It is yeah. a good stress relief. So would you call that money does buy happiness? Is that what you're trying to say here? What's what's the crux of your uh, opinion? Money buys happiness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no nobility in poverty is really what I what I said, but that's sort of an asshole thing to say. That's a super ass. But Jordan Belfort was a prick, so that's why. But you can save them for the birds and bees. I want the money. What that's I right. want. I want the money. Alright, well that's my number four. Uh, oh, sweet. Zach, you're on your number four. Let's do it. Okay, so um, I walk around everywhere because I have feet, and I hike a lot, and I do X, Y, and Z, and it's, it's pretty cold here in Seattle for the most part. Sure. Um, but I only wear socks when I absolutely need to. Otherwise, I really don't like socks. I have very nice socks. I have some excellent pairs. But as soon as I get home, I strip those bad boys off. It could be 30 degrees in my house and I'll strip those bad boys off. There are times this winter when it was really cold. I was like, I got to put socks on. I turned on the heat and I still had to put socks on. But I prefer to go barefoot or to be sockless as much as humanly possible. And I just don't like the feeling of socks on my feet. Sometimes they just get really like sometimes. Yeah, sure. They can be cozy. But for the majority of time, my feet just feel so constricted and kind of gross. And I don't know. And I'm big on smell. So I'm always just like, oh, God, do my feet stink? And oh, yeah, I, I don't know. So it, it could be I, a moisture I, catch and yeah, you know, a fungal farm and all that other grossness. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go on a limb and say I don't like socks often. <laughs> Everyone loves That's... socks. That's not a limb at all. I only wear socks probably about nine or ten percent of the time. I was gonna say ninety percent. Ninety percent of the time, I'm not wearing socks because they're just not needed most of the time. Um, yeah. They really are. I also I also run real hot, so those thirty degree days where it's super cold, I feel great just walking around the house with just my boxers on because I am a furnace uh, all the time. Ugh. I like to, I like to keep the, yeah. I was just going to say, Tom, you're always talking about you and your underwear. What the hell, man? That's most of my days now that I work at home. I don't have to put clothes on until I leave, like to go to the store for my lunch or something. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I kind of keep my house on the quiet side. Uh, that's just the way I roll. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, the cool side, the cool, you know, it's just kind of like turn all the the temperature way, way, way down. I I like it cool. So I like to wear socks. I don't like walking around barefoot. I like it kind of 
chill. See, that's where we're slightly different. I like it to be cold and no socks. You gotta go. You both. like having really cold feet? Oh yeah, I, I like my entire body to be cold. Like I am fine if it was like forty degrees inside of our apartment all the time. I would mm. be perfect. And I think I said my wife ago, would <laughs> leave me. <laughs> wow, well, yeah, calm, no, da- calm I, down, Mister Freeze. Yeah, <laughs> I. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm like a. It's not like that. I'm like I'm heat miser. <laughs> I, I have no problem with the heat. I'm comfortable in the heat, but I'm also comfortable in the cold. I don't care. If, that was going to be one of my one, my selections that you guys are all basically a bunch of bitches and you complain about the weather too much. Wow. But yeah, I'm not going to go there though. So. Oh, I've always been fine with the weather. Yeah. Ten, ten years of parking cars, like yeah, I'm fine with the rain. I can walk right. in the rain with no umbrella. That's we easy. spent significant amount of work time uh, outside, so we just don't yeah. care. Yeah. Okay, well that uh, let's see, that's a pretty good one there. So socks, I, I I like socks. I'm not a like a fiend about them, but I, I like them. I definitely like them more than you guys. So yeah. All right, I think Tom, you're on your fifth and final. My last one. Let's so, wrap this up. Season seven and eight of Game of Thrones wasn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Okay, I understand it's not great it's 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 probably to the back end of good to tolerable everyone makes it seem like it ruined everyone's life and yeah it just didn't it was fine sure it wasn't a great ending but it wasn't the worst thing in the world i enjoyed most of season seven and eight I I just don't understand why everyone seems to hate them so strong enough to say you ruined the entire series because you made these two bad seasons, quote unquote. Yeah. Because first of all, kind of like you said, like earlier with Star Wars, just because something in the future is bad doesn't mean season six one through six are bad like yeah those are still really good seasons even with those two crappy ones that everyone thinks that they are i don't understand this the end somehow made the beginning bad no those were great those were some of the greatest seasons of tv ever they're not worse now because of the ending those are still great and i'll point out that uh that experience, you still have that experience of, you know, huddled up with your family and your friends and, and in anticipation and arguing about what's going to come next and people who had read the books and people who hadn't and, oh, I changed, they changed this. And you know, those experiences still mattered. It was still one of the most iconic and powerful uh, moments of television in, in the history of television. So um, I actually kind of agree with you on this one. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the defense. <laughs> A lot of the animosity that I can personally say, like uh, when he was talking about where the dragons kind of, where, where the second dragon got killed. And I think one of them was just like, Oh, she just kind of forgot about this other fleet. And like, that was a bad explanation. I think she didn't forget about it. I think the more reasonable explanation is she had, she had said in the council that, uh, uh, or uh, Cersei had said like, when the armies get pulled back, you lose visibility. So I think because she pulled the army to the north, she lost track. She didn't. She she lost track of where the damn fleet went. So they they got caught by surprise. I, yes, they could have handled that. I think better. But still, 
and, and some of the choices I, I didn't much care for either, but it didn't ruin it for me. It didn't ruin it. It's overblown, I think. I really disliked it. Um, okay. I don't I don't think it ruined it for me in the sense of it's still a phenomenal run that it had. It was so cool to have a water cooler discussion with somebody on a on a Monday after, you know, the episode aired and just be like, what do you think is going to happen? This is so yeah. cool. But um, season what were there? Nine seasons. How many seasons were eight? Uh, eight. OK, so season eight really pissed me off because they took two years to make. And then the the nighttime battle scene when they were like, oh, this is going to be as good as Helm's Deep. And I was like, hold on a second before <laughs> choose your words carefully. <laughs> I, I will give you right there. It is not as good as and Helm's Deep. Come when on. <laughs> yeah, when when they pretty good, though. Pretty when good. they uh, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't see anything. I thought it was very stupid to send the Dothraki in for them just to get murdered and then. Yeah. Nothing happens with that. And you just the entire series you're building up to see the the Ice King guy. I already forget his name. Um, you're King. building up for a, a giant <laughs> battle with him and he gets fucking stabbed in the second episode and it's done. Give me a break. Oh, my yeah. God. It's as bad as Batman versus Superman when he says Martha. So. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> you right. asshole. This, this, this is a this is an entire podcast episode. Okay. Just talking about Game of Thrones unpopular Game of Thrones opinion or whatever. Well, top we just, five changes well, to Game of Thrones you would have made. Yeah, or we could that's just a, say like top five Ga- Game of Thrones moments or something like that. Sure, okay. Oh, great. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah, hey. sure. Um, <laughs> should I move on to my fifth because we're kind of getting yeah, go ahead. some clock here. Uh, this one's uh, kind of controversial, but uh, blood is irrelevant. Uh, family is a social construct like any other. Yes. If the family gets too toxic, it's okay to walk away. Uh, there have been times with certain family members where I've had to face the <laughs> kind of face the fact that if we weren't related, I wouldn't care to know this person. Uh, and I've kept them in my life to kind of keep my mom happy. And that's about it. This is something that I kind of learned early on that the rest of my family, I think really struggles to understand. And I haven't really explained it to them, but uh, they don't really know that they would think that I'm exaggerating or being dramatic or whatever. If, I would tell them that I can walk away from all of them tomorrow and never see them again. Uh, I left at 17 and I was never coming back. The only reason I came back here, the only reason any of you guys know me at all is because Mandy wanted to come home. If that hadn't happened, I never would have come home. You wouldn't know me. I was never coming back here. Okay. So then they think I'm exaggerating when I say I could bounce and they would never see me, never see me again. And the fact is I had some tough times when I was a kid because of people who called themselves my family and I struggled because they shamed me into thinking I owed them something, but I didn't, I don't owe them a relationship. You don't owe your family a relationship. And I'm especially sensitive towards LGBTQ kids who know that if they identify themselves and live their truth out loud and tell their family who they really are, some of these kids will be ostracized. They'll be kicked out. Some a lot of them will be shamed. Or they'll be disregarded and say, well, it's all in your head. Uh, or they'll be disowned. Some of them could be hurt or even killed. That has been, that has happened. So I'll say it again. Family is a social construct and, and nothing more. You don't owe those people anything. And if they're going to take you for granted, if they're going to <laughs> disregard you as a person, the best thing you can do for yourself and really the world is to walk away and don't give them a second thought. Well said. I 100% yes. agree with you. I 
I do not like my brother. I don't like my younger sister. And I'm tired of people trying to, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback me or sit on sit on the sidelines and try to know my entire life story and tell me, well, I just need to be a bigger person. And and no, you don't you know, No, fuck that. Yeah. I've done that my entire life. And I, I had an awakening when I was 29. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't owe people shit. I don't owe those people anything. So, yeah. It's I 100% agree with you. My family are my friends. The people that I've made friends with over the years. They're my family. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Well, I, I agree with you guys, but I had a good relationship with like my brother is fine. Me and my brother are totally different when it comes to our personalities, but he's fine. And then uh, more so my nephew, who's only five years younger than me. So he was like my younger brother because my, right. my dad had custody of him. Like... I love Tyler. Tyler's yeah. great. Tyler's Even great. Even though he is a huge dick. But he's <laughs> like, and I, sure, I tell him that him all the yeah. time. Yeah. He just has a way about him that's a certain way, and you're either going to hate him or love him. And we I happen Tyler. to love him. Like, that's right. Uh, but it has nothing to do with blood. It's just I grew up with him. And that's the key is growing up with him and liking him is the key there. I don't really, you don't need blood, whatever. Because sure. uh, first of all, I'm just I'm a bad like brother and a bad uh, son because I don't think of things. I have to have my wife remind me that it's Mother's Day this weekend and I got to call my mom because it's real weird that Mother's Day would come up. And for some reason in my brain, I would think yeah, I'll tell her Happy Mother's Day once I see her the next time. <laughs> yeah. For, for some reason, that's in my brain where it's like, uh, it doesn't matter that it's Mother's Day today. I'll tell her in yeah. the future. Mothers are a, that, 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 that's a challenging, that's, that's different. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. It's the way my brain works where I don't have a challenge when it comes to like family stuff. Like yeah. I don't have to tell my dad happy birthday. To be fair, I don't remember the day that my dad, I know the month, but I don't know the day. I have to have my mom remind me every year um, because I'm just a terrible, terrible son. Just a Uh, horrible, rotten, no good, very bad son. But I I love all of them, but for some reason, I just can't be bothered by it. (laughs) Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, Uh, all right. Blood is irrelevant. That's my number five. I like it. Very good way to end it for me. So uh, mine's controversial because I think a lot of people will get upset. I have worked in the service industry, not the not the serving industry. I haven't worked in a bar. I haven't worked in a restaurant, but I have worked retail and I've worked in a casino. We all have. And so I've worked customer service, which is arguably harder if it's arguably the same, if not harder than than uh, being a server. Right. Because we deal with shit and we get yelled at. And we get the Karens of the world, especially when I was at Target, and you have to just put on a happy face. But we didn't get tips. So for me, I only tip based off of service. Um, if I get shitty service, you get a shitty tip. I don't just say, well, I default for 18% or 20% because I worked in the service industry, so I know it's hard. That immediately will spark a conversation with me where I'm like, okay, hang on a second, though. The... The, the social norms of how our the, the structure of how we we cre- pay people in the service industry as tips as part of their income should right. not exist. Right. Agreed. I, totally agreed. Every other mm-hmm. country pays them livable wages. We're getting to that point. So let's just eliminate fucking tips. There's no point in it because what it's now become is a sense of entitlement. It has become at the Mariners game. 
beers are $15 and they'll say, can you leave a tip? Are you kidding me? For you pouring me a beer, I understand that a dollar per beer is pretty typical everywhere. So I do that. I do that pretty much anywhere. But in situations like where uh, a, a beer that should be maybe five or six dollars is fifteen dollars at a Mariners game, you're not getting a dime extra for me. I'm sorry. It's not against you as a person. <laughs> yeah. right. It's against the whole system. And I believe in, in radical change. And the only way to do that is to be the change I want to be. And so if I have a great server or if I have somebody who's just even adequate, I give them a good tip. But if someone is rude, not attentive, doesn't refill my water, just isn't really there. I'm sorry, you're getting a buck, maybe. I've, I've left $0 tips. I've had a girl come up to me and she tried to chastise me in front of my friends. And I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? Um, I was livid. So I'm pretty yeah. sure you told that on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, I you did. told that, so you did that. And oh, you were justified. I'm a, I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> oh, man, that made me so mad. So no, we, hey, uh, we, uh, no, tips are not automatic. Yeah, tipping is not automatic, and it's it blows me away. And I and I, I whenever somebody is, they just give 20% or whatever, I'm like, and I kind of wait for them to be like, well, you know, I used to be a server and I'm like, cool. Yeah. I used to do customer service. I used to do all these things in retail and we didn't get tips. It's actually, you get fired if you take a tip. So we would go above and beyond and help people. And they would just say, thank you so much and leave. Or we'd get yelled at and be like, I want to talk to your manager. I'm never going to, you know, see you again. I've been called an idiot, fuck face, whatever. I've had people swear at me. Yeah. I don't get a tip. So miss me with all of that. Like you haven't worked in the service industry. I understand it's a difficult job and, and I really appreciate everybody who's done that, that job. We talked about it earlier, dirty work and whatnot, sure. but just because that's part of part of the job doesn't mean I automatically need to give you a fat tip. I'm not giving you 20%. We'll we'll discuss it based on it. And then to compound that, if you go, if I go get a coffee and a pastry somewhere and it ends up being $17 because it's really ludicrously expensive for some reason, yeah. I'm not tipping 18% on top of that All because right. you poured me a, a drip coffee and you pulled a, a slice of cake out of the fridge. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't get five or $6 for that. It's, I, it's not I, based off of price. It, it's commensurate of what they do. I've had really good service and really extraordinary circumstances and picky, picky. I'm married to a picky eater. So oh, there you <laughs> I, go. For, for the right, for the right. Yeah. So I, I get that tips are not, shouldn't be automatic, shouldn't be considered automatic. And the exact amount you tip percentage wise is not set in stone. Yep. Um, so I agree with that. Yeah. Cool. And the only place I tip is a sit down restaurant. <laughs> like that's the only place that I, mm. I tip. I'll, I'll tip a uh, dry uh, coffee. Uh, my barista occasionally when I go through, I I'll always, throw them a buck. I always tip coffee and beer. I do a, a dollar a drink. Cause I think that's yeah. standard. I don't do any more than that typically. Um, and with takeout, whenever I get takeout, I'll, I'll throw like two bucks maybe. Sure. Um, like, but, yeah. My Uber, yeah, Uber each driver or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll throw them a couple well, bucks. But, yeah. but even if I go into a restaurant and pick it up, I'll put like two bucks in there. Otherwise, I'm like, I'm not leaving you a $7 tip. You made my food. You know, part of it is the service. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah. just change your prices. It's and I'm not an asshole for thinking it. It's just it, it makes sense. I'm logical. So well, that's the other thing. I would be perfectly fine paying more for my meal. Me too. If I didn't have to do math at the end, like, <laughs> sh- sure, yeah. I have my own little thing where I do. You just take the total and then you just move the decimal and then times it by two. That's how you do 20%. I only, I do 20% because it's easy to do that math. (laughs) That is the only reason that 20% is the number that I use because you just got to move that decimal one to the left, times it by two, and you got your tip. Boom. I'm out of (laughs) here. 
This, uh, I gotta say, I, I think this was a produ- this was a long episode, you guys, but this was a productive damn episode. It was. We, we, we found covered out a lot a about whole... how much you hate Tom and his opinions. I know. We we got into fights. We we stretched the boundaries of of decency, <laughs> and we touched on culture and history and art and work and education and religion. Hell, we went everywhere in this episode, boys. <laughs> All right. Well, let- let me do a little rundown of what we went through here. Okay. Uh, me, myself, had hot dogs are better than hamburgers, because they are. Uh, Batman vs. Superman was better than Captain America Civil War. Brussels sprouts are not just good, the best. Uh, the Sistine Chapel is very overrated, and Game of Thrones Season 7 and 8 weren't that bad, guys. Uh, Eric had colleges in a job training program. Uh, Star Wars is not well written, which is very true. Uh, presence culture needs to die. Work from home. Uh, money buys happiness, and family is a social contract, and nothing more. Uh, Zach had Seattle dogs are not good. Monty Python is not funny. Chris Pratt is not funny, and I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like socks often uh and tipping is not automatic and only based on service uh so yeah pretty good um yeah pretty extensive list boys yeah that's just team chapel not good at all oh boy okay let's 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 get out of here before i lose <laughs> <Yeah>. my shit <laughs> all righty thank you for tuning in to the top five podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at podcast top five at zachdale 60 at tom top five and at e underscore shane where you can give us ideas, tell us if we are crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, and you must have, because we sure did, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank you guys, and remember, it's okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. Make friends first, make sales second, make love third, in no particular order. (laughs) All right. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.